poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. Today's Friday, which means I'm joined by co-host Duncan Palamortis. Duncan, how you doing, sir? Good, 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 sir. And uh, uh, as I was uh, telling you earlier, like, uh, I had the pleasure to quote you eponymously in class uh, the other day. <laughs> Uh, the, the the famous everybody has blind spots, you know, that uh, Brad says. And I want to remind my students that it's okay because I had a student specifically who was a little bit guilty, you know, that they didn't remember something that they thought they should remember. And I said, I have a very, very good friend of mine. His name is Brad Wilson. We do a podcast together. And one of the things that he always says correctly, if I, if I may say so myself, I mean, he always says that everybody has a blind spot. And he's absolutely right about that. It applies to math, it applies to poker, it applies to life, it applies to everything. Yep, that's just, that's the nature of being a human being. That's exactly right. Um, so on this philosophical of days, what what do you think is going to be, or what is the topic of conversation today? Right, we were thinking about this and then we said, okay, um, as things keep unfolding, we want to take a break from all the, the scandals and all the drama and perhaps talk about something which is related and try to dissect it, the concept of disagreement in general. You know, try to, we're going to ask questions like, you know, what is disagreement in general? What is good disagreement, bad disagreement? What can we learn from it? What do we think about people who don't disagree a lot, people who disagree a lot, and how it relates to, to poker, things like that. Yeah. Duncan, we talked about this in the, pre, the, the pre-call, you know, that we weren't going to do disagreement. And as the topic today. I totally disagree with that. <laughs> All right, let's let's dive into disagreement since I mean it's also relevant as it relates. I mean it's relevant most of the time, but especially right now, as you know, the the poker Twitter world is burning down and everybody's disagreeing with everybody. I think right. it's especially pertinent. Absolutely. And I guess one good place to start, I mean, usually the first question is, what is disagreement? Let's be a little bit more specific this time and ask, what is good faith disagreement, in your opinion, as opposed to bad faith disagreement? Yeah, so I just like to first go to the Google definition because Mm -hmm. it's helpful. Mm -hmm. But Google defines good faith argument, relies on persuasion to try to convince the other person, whereas bad faith relies on other means, possibly including intimidation or coercion, mm-hmm. um, would be a, a good faith dis- a disagreement, right? So, you know, you're arguing in, in good faith that the resolution w- will be based on some sort of data point that was unconsidered, blind spot that's discovered, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and the heuristic I personally use is, uh, you know, focus on the premises, uh, or on the rules of inference, like your steps 
all the way to the conclusion, but not the conclusion itself. Leave, leave right. the conclusion to the people and concentrate on the premises, concentrate on things you're either comfortable about, you know, you have evidence evidence for some ideas, some thoughts. It can be thought experiments. They don't have to be hard evidence, Every, you know, anything anything as it pertains. I mean, in a, in a good faith disagreement, I think you learn something. Gen mm -hmm. Like somebody learns something. There's, there's a net positive from... The disagreement whereas if it's a bad faith then i, I don't think there's much learned from mm -hmm. such a disagreement right because uh yeah you're just applying pressure in a way that's outside of the concept absolutely and and, and to your point i think you know you can always learn whether or not uh so to speak you know uh, even though i don't like to use that word win the argument whether or not you win the argument even though i i could argue this is a very bad way of looking at things because you never win the argument if you actually think you won the argument yeah, uh, yeah. right you never win the the meta game right it's not about winning it's about promoting uh, promoting the truth and uh, improving like you said it's about uh, progress and right? learning progress exactly if, if and you I can think convince somebody of something you didn't make progress because you're exactly where you started Exactly correct, and that was exactly was exactly the point. That was very good. You, you you pretty much nailed it, right? Exactly. So if you you progress either way because again, if you have an argument and that argument survives the extreme scrutiny of a very uh, good uh, co-discusser, like a person who sure. discuss things, that's that's you learn something. But if it doesn't, uh, you know, survive the scrutiny, you also learn something. So the point again is is to to, to progress. There is no such thing as winning. In that sense, it's all about you know finding whether or not something can withstand uh, you know extreme scrutiny, which you know. I think when the, when the premise does, when when the premise is winning and losing, I think that's probably the first step to not being in a good faith disagreement, right? That's oh, that's a good one. Yep. Um, if the premise is winning or losing, then now it, we're doing whatever it takes, basically to to you know quote unquote win the argument and whatever it takes. Um, will oftentimes be outside of uh, <laughs> just rational, logical argument. I like it. I like it, and that reminds me of, of debates. What is what is your thought? Uh, what are your thoughts on debates in general? Because again, on, on in I debates, don't really have many thoughts on debates. Uh, I haven't ever really participated in a mm -hmm. in like a public debate. I haven't really ever watched public debates. Um, so I don't really have any opinion. Got it. Got it. I gotta say, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. I, I like the idea of actually, uh, you know, uh, clearing up an argument, thinking about it, doing preparation. I like all of that stuff. And in quote unquote good debates, people come prepared, and I really like the the idea of presenting the arguments clearly. But I I think they're just too rigid. Like it's it's a format which is too rigid for anybody to sort of like change their opinion or agree with certain points and say, you know what, you're right about this, but did you think about this other thing? Yeah, and which, I think, well, I mean, like, I, I did watch, like, the presidential debates and the vice mm -hmm. president, and, and those, to me, just came off as, like, garbage. I just hated yeah. it. Uh, it was like, they're speaking to very specific people and segments of the population through answering questions, and it's very, very obvious what's what's happening. And so, like, it's just not, the, to me, there there was no gain for me watching right. watching the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this they're just like uh, basically transforming answers into speaking to various segments that carry lots of weight in the presidential election, mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, that, that, that wasn't really very fun to watch. This is really a good segue, though, because like what is there to gain, right? I mean, that's a, that's a good question. What would you consider a constructive versus a destructive 
disagreement and perhaps if you can think of, of of some examples or circumstances they don't have to be precise examples whatever whatever comes to mind what what would you where would you draw the line between a constructive and destructive uh, disagreement something you have to gain something you don't have to gain from i mean i think destructive disagreements generally begin with a premise that each side is solidified in and mm-hmm. there's like no there there is no point in even having the conversation because you know it's like uh, somebody who identifies themselves solely as Republican and somebody who mm-hmm. identifies themselves solely as Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, them trying to like flip each other in a com- it's just never going to happen. And it's all, it's generally just going to lead to anger and fighting. And that, that to me is just destructive, right? It's like mm-hmm. whenever, whenever you're arguing about your identity um, with somebody else and their identity, it's just going to turn destructive. Um, I don't think that, I mean, it doesn't have to, but generally it will. Um, and then with a constructive, uh, a constructive debate, it would be, uh, I mean, I guess it would be somebody on the opposite side of the opinion, um, who you respect and will bring up good points that might allow you to move away from your opinion as mm-hmm. it's held. So somebody, there, somebody's, there's going to be movement one way or the other um, with a constructive debate. Like the product is that somebody's going to move, somebody's going to learn. Um, and destructive, I don't think anybody learns, and I don't think anybody's ever moved. Right. What, what do you think about that heuristic? You know, constructive disagreement is any disagreement you have with somebody else, which you could might as well have with yourself. It's like talking to yourself. Uh. I don't know. I mean, talking to yourself. What do you mean by that? No, I mean that you know you can consider a disagreement uh, constructive. You know, sometimes you you're thinking about a thing and you have your disagreement with yourself. And sure, you sure, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because you're talking to yourself, you know that there there is no sort of like um, ulterior motive there. I mean, you really want to get to the bottom of it, right? So what sure. I'm saying is that if a conversation you're having with somebody else, you might you could have easily had it with yourself. Well, that, that's that a good be, that 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 is a good heuristic. Yeah, a heuristic. Like maybe you can use. I haven't thought about it that way, but that 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 would be a, a, a nice heuristic. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah. And the uh, benefit of that, by the way, is just you're you're getting more data points and more uh, points of the argument from an outside source with a different life experience that may see things a little differently than you do. Right. I know that that makes a lot of sense because otherwise is you know either a power play or as a as a good friend of mine used to say you know if we, we agree on a conversation we're not discussing we're <laughs> we're gossiping you know <laughs> so it would sort of make sense you know that uh the disagreement is is useful in in order to 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 move forward because the the agreement doesn't doesn't cause any any sort of change and um which brings me to my to, to my next question you know in your individual life right you know what role does disagreement play in your life? And and I guess what I'm getting with this, and hopefully is not too loaded of a question, I don't want to lead you in a specific direction, is, you know, how can you use it, uh, disagreement? I'm assuming you can use it to benefit your way, but if not, correct me. Uh, but how could you use it if you're using it to benefit you in any way? Um, I mean, disagreement is a large part of my life. <laughs> like, uh, just it, it's a very big part. Um, mm-hmm. with poker coaching, learning, communicating, uh, there's a lot of disagreement 
mm-hmm. um, that needs to be productive. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I, I think I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Like the, the use of disagreement in my life. Could you, I guess, expand, expand on your question sure. so that I can answer. answer. Yeah. 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 So like, uh, uh, when you're thinking, because many times here in this podcast, we're thinking of, of a lot of things as as tools, like you know, sure. uh, leadership, right? I mean, it's a it's a way, it's a tool uh, to improve communications, to improve society, uh, responsibility. Uh, again, it can be used as a as a heuristic uh, to know our place and uh, you know not complain about things that you know they're in un- un- under our control, for example, or not complain about things that we don't control, <laughs> for for that matter. We're thinking a lot of the things that we're discussing as tools. So I was wondering, you know, if you were to think of disagreement as tool, and maybe maybe again, yeah. maybe you disagree with that. What kind of tool is it, and where do you apply it? How does it show up in your life? Exactly? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So so I, I think that there are multiple purposes, multiple use cases, at least for me. I, I think you know, there's one that is a disagreement with, say, a student, right? where I know that I'm right. I think that tool is, you know, whenever, whenever that sort of disagreement crops up, um, it's a tool because it's a tool. The tool that I use is basically, I try to lead them to the right answer in some way. Like I try to ask questions and allow them to focus and then maybe throw out the way that they were thinking that was mm-hmm. incorrect, that was leading them to maybe a false assumption. So um, as a teaching tool, I would say that now, there's also the disagreement from, um, you know, peers and even even students too that are very high level, that uh, basically pique my curiosity. That the, the mm-hmm. sense is that oh, that's that's interesting that they think about things very differently than I do. Um, so when that happens, which is basically my favorite kind of disagreement, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, when that happens, I, I just I, I want to inquire as to why. Why, why are you looking at it this way? Why are you thinking about it? What data points are you considering? What are you prioritizing? Um, because in those types of situations where something's like super interesting, I know that there's a, there, there very much could be an opportunity for me to get better and for me to learn something that I was missing or gain visibility of a blind spot. Um, and then also it could be the flip side. It could also be true. Um, so basically we just, to me, I, I use disagreements as calibration tools to make progress very good would would you say uh would you say you are because we've we've used that term in the past uh in the podcast we talked about the concept of uh, i mean i i coined that term but i think it it applies here the the concept of compatibility of disagreement uh, would you say that you are trying to uh would you say that you're trying to integrate um, the new information into the way you're viewing the world, um, or is it uh, I'm testing? It. I'm taking oh, it on testing. a test test ride. Okay, I'm seeing if it fits and if it makes sense, right? Okay. Um, and then if it doesn't fit or if it doesn't make sense, then I guess there there are a few options, right? Then it's like go further and figure out like where you're getting tripped up, um, or now we need to reconcile the other side of, mm-hmm. okay, where are they getting tripped up? Where, where, what's missing from their thought process? Um, that's pretty much, yeah, how, how I would go about it. 
That's actually that's actually very good because it it brings me to 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 a few questions. Uh, the first one is, um, do you think that there's a a unique a unique way of resolution in most of these things? You know, because again, I mean, if we're talking about poker, um, you know, uh, things I guess could be different. You know, because we're saying you you're testing it. So, does that assume a uh, a, a unique way things are either left or right in 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 some sense like th things are this is either a profitable play or an unprofitable play is there like always a a clear dichotomy when we're talking about disagreement here Th does my question make sense yeah i think like so i mean the first the first answer would be data uh, in mm -hmm. one way or the other right and having a large enough sample size to be able to measure a specific very specific situation right and mm -hmm. i think that like if there's no agreement like if the disagreement just persists, then effectively A-B testing and figuring out um, just getting a lot of data and a lot of sample on the specific situation and then kind of get a better sense of what's happening there. Um, I see. I, I guess... I, I guess I'm failing to ask my, my, my the question uh, very... That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. What, what I'm trying to probe into is... Um, do you leave yourself open to the possibility that both of you could be right uh under but it just... depends if okay it depends it depends on the situation like if if the ideas are diametrically opposed to one mm -hmm. another then i i think someone is right and someone is not mm -hmm. like it's binary mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there are weird things that appear to be binary on the surface but as you dig into them aren't so cut and dry which would basically be like a specific node um, that's situationally based where like, yeah, in some situations you're right. In some situations I'm right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that understanding like whether or not it's a binary type situation would be, it's another part of the, it's another part of the decision, the trait. resolution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, that, 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 I think, I think that's important, you know, because again, if we, I guess disagreement plays a different role if we are in binary situations versus non-binary situations, because in a binary situation where something is either true or false and only only true or false, so nothing else, and one person says it is uh, true and the other person is, says it's false, then clearly one of them is wrong, right? And, and in that situation, I mean, data can be very helpful. But in situations where, you know, we're talking about gray areas, like, for example, broccoli is yummy, which is a sentence that can be true and false at the same time, depending sure. on who's saying it, right? And, and it's again, a sub subjective statement, yeah. Subjective statement, exactly. Or, you know, the... Uh, I guess that's a, a part of it, right? Trying to trying to remove the subjectivity into something that's measurable it is like the general, you know, in an ideal world, that's what we would be able to do. So you think that uh, that subjectivity can be removed also from the statement, uh, broccoli is yummy? No. Okay, so oh, you mean so remove the subjectivity when subjectivity is removable? Yeah, exactly. Okay, got, got it, got it, got it. Okay, yeah, no, that that that, that makes perfect sense. And and I'm actually like if, if sorry, we could like objectively poll everybody in the world and everybody said that broccoli was yummy at like a hundred percent, and I think you could remove the subjectivity, right? And you could just say broccoli is yummy, and everybody would agree because everybody thinks broccoli is yummy, right? until more people are being born and then we have to run the test again. Yeah, and, you, you have know, to yeah, run it right. run it every yeah, single yeah. day for the rest of the world. And yeah, we will know yeah. definitively whether or not everybody believes that broccoli is, in fact, yummy.
Yeah, no, that's 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 really. I actually have a, another another term that I coined in, in in the notes that I, that I'm writing. I call it the locality of the truth, and and the reason why it, it's really funny that you mentioned that because it's it's interesting where these conversations are taking us. The idea of the locality of the truth um, is very similar to that Th that that exact subjectivity that that you're basically talking about, and sometimes it's removable and sometimes it's not. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm I'm mentioning this is because uh, you know sometimes certain statements have a larger uh, range of spectrum of influence, uh, have a larger range of influence than other statements. And and uh, understanding where that uh, spectrum of influence is can actually make a, a huge difference. And the example, of course, that I give is that, you know, um, people thought that, you know, gravity is things are moving down. That's sort of correct if you're inside a room, but then, you know, you move on the other side of the planet and then what's down now became up so it doesn't work anymore so it's sort of like you know down up works for half the earth now you think that okay so maybe you know gravity is uh, people pulling you know each other closer and that was sort of correct until you know people saw that gravity actually is making light bending so like that was the newtonian gravity and then people, you know, after Newton, when we talked to Einstein, realized that, no, 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 gravity is not pulling <laughs> one object is pulling the other. It's just so somehow object distort the fabric of space, technically of space-time. And now because now the space has been bent, things are sort of like sliding into it. And that's what gravity is. And that's, as far as we know, that's the best theory of gravity we have up to this day. So the locality of, of that truth sort of like expands, right? So... And, and and similar with the with the, with the broccoli uh, 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 example that you gave, if we actually asked a bunch of people, and uh, you know the the survey came came back, you know that seventy three percent of them like broccoli, then that's the truth today. You know seventy three percent, and that that truth expands and contracts as people change their opinion about it. So we have some sort of locality of truth, which. Uh, sorry for the long tangent, but I think it's it's relevant because I don't think that all statements are created equal. Right, so there are statements that have far most, more. Most every statement is like lower T truth effect. Exactly, exactly, exactly right, exactly right. Yeah, we have lo lower T truth exactly, and it's it's important to understand. But at the same time, it is also important, like you said, if you know something, and you said that earlier, if you know something with your student, it, you will be doing them a disservice to say, you know what, it depends. No, it doesn't depend. You know the answer, you know meta humility present, and you want to give them that answer. Right. Right. Well, yeah in a way that resonates too it, and of course of course you know and course. that's that's sort of like the trick of it um, of course and i mean to, to be fair like those for the listener the the student makeup that would be my least favorite mm -hmm. where we get make the least amount of progress is when they have an opinion that i can objectively say is incorrect mm -hmm. and they are unopen to even considering the possibility that mm -hmm. it's underperforming or that there's a better alternative or that they're thinking about the situation a little bit incorrectly, right? I think those where, I mean, you just can't make progress with that, where people just double down and, and dig deeper um, in the face of evidence too. So I think like, yeah, having, having an open mind to these types of things make you teachable um, and, and make it to where you can learn and make progress you just have to be quite careful about where the inputs are coming from so that you don't agree with everything that's said because that's that's its own problem in and of itself. Absolutely. And, and it ties ties back to the conversations we had in the past that, like you said, not everybody essentially 
is teachable, right? I mean, and there is only so much the educator can do uh, to uh, help somebody with a new idea, but they need to have the doors and the windows open for that idea to come in. And, and that's their choice. And there's nothing we can do. That's why I like, yeah, yeah, that's why I like moving to things that are objective because mm -hmm. like we, we mentioned like the identity politics before, mm -hmm. right. About how mm -hmm. that just mm -hmm. generally leads to a bad disagreement. Well, mm -hmm. like that's almost entirely subjective based on, you know, your map of the world and right. how you view the world. And so like when the disagreements rooted in pure subjectivity, well, it's very hard to make progress. Right. And I agree. And, and you know, and, and that's where we can perhaps talk about good faith of disagreement, because this is why I, I coined the term compatibility of disagreement, because let's say that we're having a discussion, right? And we're getting to opposite conclusions. I don't want to use identity politics here, so I'm going to stick to broccoli, right? Yep. So stick let's say that broccoli. we... <laughs> Do you like broccoli, by the way? I like broccoli. Okay, I like. I, like I don't know that too. I would call it yummy, but okay. I, right. I like it. Okay, I like. I like it too. So because you like it, I'm going to take the other side. So let's say you you like broccoli. Uh, let's say I don't like broccoli, and because of that, we 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 get to a different conclusion, which would make sense because we start from a different assumption. To me, that's not necessarily a problem, provided that we understand that uh, exactly. Yeah, provided that you know, one of us doesn't shove broccoli down the other's throat at the end of the disagreement. Exactly. But also like to me, I take it one step further. I, to me, it, there's two types of disagreements. We can say, you know what, you think whatever you want. I think whatever we want and we part days, or there is a, a, a sort of like a deeper connection, still disagreement, but a deeper connection, what I call the compatibility disagreement that goes something like this. Oh, there's people who actually find it yummy. That's interesting. I never thought about that way. You know, I thought because, you know, there were, and of course, it's a very simple example, right? But the compatibility disagreement would be, I understand where you're coming from. If if I were put into your shoes, right, I would find it yummy too. But because I was born different, okay, that makes sense. Because I was born in that part of the world, I don't find it yummy. But if I was, you know, like, right, it would make sense. To me, that's a deeper level of, you know, connection, even though there's a disagreement. That's what I call compatibility disagreement, finding where it is that we're deviating and why and whether or not that makes sense in some sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, do, do you think in general that with that definition, this type of, of connection, first of all, do you think is possible? And second, do you think is necessary? I think it's possible for sure. Okay. Uh, do I think it's necessary? Depends. I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, as it relates to broccoli, probably not. You know, maybe it depends on like the, the topic at hand. I think one thing for me is like, I think disagreements can be draining mm -hmm. both emotionally and just cognitively. And mm -hmm. so I, whenever you're like, whenever I'm dealing with somebody that's a high friction person that just mm -hmm. dis disagrees to disagree because they enjoy like arguing or debate or whatever, I, mm -hmm. I just kind of flame out and turn off. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think like, I mean, I think it's certainly possible and I think it's, I can't think of any situation where it's like a, a net negative or not beneficial, but I would say that, you know, too frequent, too, too frequently exploring these types of things can be especially Excellent. draining. Draining. Got it. Got it. And that was actually one of my, my, my next questions, you know, like what, what's, what's in general your, your opinion? On, on agreeable and, 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 and disagreeable people. And of course it depends, but I mean, 
you know, like first, you know, gut reactions? Like, do you? I tend, anybody that, like, I tend to stay away from people who are disagreeable for disagreement's sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or disagreeable over things that are just trivial. I, I just, it's too draining. I, I don't, I don't like engaging with those sorts of humans. Uh, I've done it too much in my life where, yeah. How about the other spectrum? People who agree on everything, you know, the, the type that always nod whatever you say. Yeah, that that's not great either. Because I, I mm-hmm. like I said, I, prog- I think the fruit of disagreement is progress. I am a fan of making progress. And so right. like whenever progress can be made and it makes sense, then yeah, I, I want to disagree because I want to learn and I want to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't get that with somebody that just agrees with everything that's said. And two, I think somebody that agrees with everything is effectively implying that their subjective map of reality is exactly the same as yours, which just can't possibly be true. Right. Which means that they're just kind of agreeing for agreement's sake. Um, so yeah, I, I would either extreme, not really for me. <laughs> Yeah, no, you you know you're not a guy of extremes. I agree with that. I mean, it's you know, but uh, I think there is a is it an Aesop story from like the the ancient guy who was telling stories well, uh, who said like he was asking his his camel, you know, do you want to go on the uphill or downhill? And then the camel responds to him, "Is like, what happened to the, to the flat street? You know, do we have to go the uphill or downhill?" Yeah, right. yeah. I've had students too that that have agreed with everything that I've said. But have not made progress. Yeah, I, 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 I we, we remember we talked about this, right? Like the, if there's something to be said, something non-ideal about a student who either disagrees with everything or agrees with everything. So there's a healthy dosage of disagreement and skepticism, but at the same time, respect for the person who has been there before, and potentially they have access to more data. That that is not to say that you know you're not both students of the game. It's just that. You are you are next to somebody who must might be like a, a more experienced student of the game, and that that counts for something. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah, and and yeah, uh, that's just no. Please go. Agree, go, go. We, we, well, we wanna, I mean, it's just one hundred percent agreement. I think just doesn't facilitate growth, and Absolutely. you have to question some things, but you need to be careful about how many things that you you question because questioning everything can drive right. drive someone insane that's right and that's that, that, that's a fine line and it, it is actually it is actually very difficult and uh and but but to your point it's it's an excellent point it can be very draining which again maybe for the listener that's it, it's worth repeating that you know for those of us you know who who strive for that disagreement who are seeking uh, that disagreement there might be a proper time and place like be ready to discuss about something right it's not not all the times and again when it comes to personal relationships you know with your significant other with your friends maybe they're not ready to have that disagreement even if you are so if or when you try to study you know there is a proper time and place and make sure that, you know, your significant other, your friend, your coworker, they're ready uh, to have that disagreement, provided, of course, that you have that luxury because there's certain situations where you, 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 you know, it can be helped. But um, yeah, what, I mean, what are your thoughts? Sorry. No, well, like as it relates to like just a lot of things in life, you know, I think that some people will seek, seek people out to change their minds on things that they believe 
with a high level of confidence in, right. you know, like conspiracy theorists kind of bring right. come to mind where like they they feel like they know something about the world that they need it, that it's very important that they share with other people. And it's very important that the people understand exactly what they're saying and shift their paradigm to what they're saying, which is very grating for people on the outside. Absolutely. It's ex- exceptionally grating. And like what tends to happen is there's a disagreement and the person on the outside tries to convince the person on the inside about their side of the coin. And then basically everything goes to hell in a handbasket and, and neither side can really communicate effectively with the other side. Um, I think that at least in my life experience, as it relates to things of that nature, uh, it's better if you value the relationship, it's better to just not say anything. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that, that, that's, and you know, you're bringing a, a good point because there is also like, when you're talking about people who are in the conspiracy theory kind of world, I am also thinking about those people who actually came back. So in my mind, I'm taking this absoluteness uh, of, you know, I believe in this crazy theory 100%. And I translate it into, well, not everybody believes into that. Let's say instead of crazy, let's frame it as like low frequency. Low low, low frequency, yes. But uh, the the, the focus, and this is is a poor choice of words, but my focus was that perhaps, you know, there is some percentage of rigidity in that uh, uh, idea. And, you know, that percentage of rigidity is proportional to not having a discussion, but rather to um, making essentially a power play. Because when somebody is trying to convince you or something of something, and it's not a good faith disagreement, that is no longer a discussion. That's a power play, right? It's right. a completely different thing. So, so there is a percentage, which is a power play. And it comes from the other side too. Absolutely. Not even from the, it comes from the non-conspiratorial people to the conspiracy, conspiratorial people. Um, And and that becomes a power play too. Absolutely. So I guess the reason why, and and, and again, comes back to you that you're saying like words are important and I'm trying to use the proper words we can communicate. And uh, in the, like, I like to think of, again, uh, somebody's personality or opinion on a matter as like a, a pizza, like, you know, and the, a certain slice of that is rigidity, so a power play. A certain part of this is just conviction, which is a different thing on evidence, whatever they see as evidence, right? And you know, the the rest, the rest of the of the slice is perhaps a certain open-mindedness. And of course, there's other slices. But if we have these three slices, we can think that for some people, the percentage of rigidity is so big, like you said, it is not worth potentially discussing. But because people have come back from, you know, again, uh, low frequency <laughs> or like low, you know, low probability, you know, uh, propositions, uh, perhaps, you know, there is people who currently may believe in in extreme ideas, but not all is lost, so to speak. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, so maybe they have a wide slice of openness or a I th- wide. Sli- I think there's a question that you could ask that answers this kind of straight from the jump and is, is probably an extremely necessary question. Um, so my conversation with Andrew Barber on the podcast, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he said like, basically if you can ask somebody what evidence could I introduce that would change your opinion on this subject? And if there is no piece of evidence, there's no smoking gun, there's nothing. That's rigidity. Then you, you should not even have the disagreement. 
like because it, there's nothing productive that will come from it, right? So like that's a good heuristic, very good. That's that's an excellent point, excellent point. Right. So like there's too much, as you said, there's too much rigidity. If there's okay. not one piece of evidence that you could provide that would change their mind, then there's there's no point in having the disagreement unless you just like fighting with people. In which case, I guess you're getting a golden opportunity to fight with people. Absolutely, and this is also again retroactively. This is also another good heuristic for what is a good faith disagreement. You know, like when we're trying to sure. identify yeah. if we have a good faith disagreement, we can ask, what is that you're asking? And and again, sometimes you don't even have to ask it uh, to ask it directly. There's so many ways you can know if a person, you know, sometimes they will tell you themselves. I mean, you know, I wouldn't believe that if you if you came right now and you gave me this, I would change my mind. I mean, sometimes, you know. Well, it, 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 it can be fairly apparent mm -hmm. when they outright reject obvious pieces of evidence right that, like, that can be that could be good evidence for yeah, sure it's it's like a, a key it's like oh you out like um there was a documentary on flat earthers right mm -hmm. they ran multiple experiments they talked to the scientists about the experiments and the scientists were like yeah that'll work like if they do that right and then mm -hmm. so they ran the experiment got the result they didn't want mm -hmm. and then tried to figure out why they didn't get the result they didn't want instead of accepting their experiment, right? Confirmation so, bias, yeah. Right. Trying so, to basically, yeah. So basically, there is no piece of information that you could provide to a flat earther to convince them that the earth is not in fact flat. Therefore, having the disagreement is just not productive. Absolutely. And I, I would say, again, just because I want to believe that there is, I would say there's, there's not a enough evidence to i would say most flat earthers and and uh, and the only reason why i would replace to a flat earther to most flat earthers is i just i just wanna yeah there's leave a segment right <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to believe that there's a segment that can right. that that can come back in the face in the face of overwhelming evidence exactly and, and and just you know because again i mean i know like i've i've you know i was a uh, I, I never was unfortunate to get into a spiral of a um how would you call it conspiracy theory but i know as a as a youngster i've made all sorts of mistakes, you know, that I'm not proud of. And, you know, if I, if I couldn't come back from those mistakes, you know, like that, it would, it would suck if, you know, if I, if I thought that. I, I mean, and the thing is like some conspiracies could be right, right? That's true. Like they're, they're very, they're just because <laughs> they're low frequency events doesn't mean that they're zero frequency right. events. Right. Yeah. Um, you spoke like a true open-minded person. So that that's it. A true. So I know exactly where you are in the openness when it comes to personality traits. Here's my question to you. Where do you think you stand in uh, the agreeable slash disagreeable part of the uh, of the personality trait? Where do you feel you, st you stand on the spectrum? Um, could you give me context? So agreeable yes, or yes. disagreeable? So so there is a, it's a personality trait. You know, it's part of the big five personalities, which I believe they're like openness, uh, conscientiousness, I can't even pronounce that word, conscientiousness, uh, the extroversion, agreeable, disagreeable, and then neuroticism. Uh, which is sen uh, sensitivity to um, to risk and things like that. So a mm. lot of a lot of the the, the the poker players can be high neuroticism actually. But anyway, um, or some can be completely immune. So basically, the question is uh, how much do you think? Uh, what do you think you lean towards? Like you know, a, a, maybe I can give you an example because otherwise it's too theoretical. So agreeable people tend to you know prioritize their relationships and you know they they're closer to nodding and i don't mean it in a bad way they're like you know they tend to you know they, they want to make they want to make more friends they want to be more friendly so 
they, they tend to um, know that disagreeable people will be more skeptic, like they, they will prioritize skepticism over the opposite. I am a, a naturally disagreeable person that's trying to become a convert to be being more agreeable <laughs> over time. I think that's that's how I would frame it. Uh, my my teenage self was very disagreeable right. and just not it, like not open to being wrong about anything. Um, I, I think over time, I, another part is like picking the battles too, right? Like. I, I don't always communicate when I disagree on different things because some fights or most fights probably aren't even worth having. Absolutely. And Brad, I don't mean to interrupt you, but just, just for the listener, uh, extremely disagreeable people does not mean necessarily assholes, right? And, and extremely sure. agreeable people doesn't mean naive. It's just like a an approach to life. Do you tend to be like a, the skeptic? It, it's sort of like- I'm very disagreeable. Okay. I would say like I do approach most things with a high level of skepticism. skepticism. Yeah, like I, I and then I, I I will try to educate myself um Absolutely. on the thing, but I, I don't like solidifying false beliefs or things that are inaccurate. Like it because that sort of precision is important to me. Um and yeah, so a lot of times it's just like trip quick trip to Google and wikipedia and reading multiple sources and just like diving more about diving more into whatever area it is where i disagree and then yeah if everything's backed up cool like then i'll i'll be amenable absolutely absolutely and it is we talked about this today it is a tool for improvement right so by being disagreeable by by pushing back you're strengthening your ideas right that's right yeah and, so and, be, and also like avoiding having a uh disagreement with this person by first using existing resources in order to educate myself. So I'm not putting the responsibility on them to explain it to me. I'm really putting the responsibility on myself to understand it better. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. And this is, again, it comes back to the concept of the concept of responsibility and to the things that you control because understanding is the only thing that you control, right? You don't control their understanding, right? So I love it. I love it. Uh, let, let me repeat that one more time again for the listeners. So you you prioritize, you you not trying to make them understand, and I'm paraphrasing, but you try to under, understand it, understand what is it that they're saying uh, yourself. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful. And I guess, you know, the uh, conversation wouldn't be complete if we didn't tie it, you know, with uh, some of the of the disagreements that have been happening around us. And what are your thoughts about the disagreement? And I, I want to be specific. I want to target this question a little bit. What are some instances which, where you think the disagreement has been used fruitfully? Where are some instances where disagreement has been used, has been misused? Um, In any order. I mean, I, I think... <laughs> the disagreement being misused would, would just be when there's the introduction of subjective data points that mm -hmm. could just be total noise. And there's no way of really knowing one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, and then the productive ones would be disagreements, but looking at things objectively and trying to get to kind of the root or the truth of the situation through more objective information and anybody that is a hundred percent convinced in either direction um again i i think that like 
it feels impossible to be 100% one way or the other in such a vague situation. So anybody that's like starting from the paradigm of, yeah, I'm right and you're wrong and these are the reasons why, I, I just don't think that's productive at all, which, you know, unfortunately appears to be the mass majority of people that I see on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes I think you mentioned that in one of our private conversations, you know, like sometimes, you know, like the, there's uh, what I call the 5%, that the 5% of, of, of voices sometimes are the loudest, right? And and they make 95% of the noise. And there are some people, again, on, on Twitter that can be really loud. But what, what would you say are some people that they're wor- worth, you know, give them a, like a shout out, you know, for the way they handled uh, the situation and they're trying to get to the, the bottom of it. I mean, Joey Ingram is Joey. like the most obvious one. You know, he, yeah. he yeah. he's the most obvious. Um, I, I think that this was a, this, this was a situation that there was, it's difficult to be unbiased, mm-hmm. Absolutely. you know? Um, yeah. I, I think Joey is, is the first one that comes to mind. And then like, it's just so hard, you know. Sure. Uh, let, let, me, let me say something while, you, while you're thinking, right, about joy in particular. One of the things that, you know, we, we can learn from it, right? Um, it's it, it's amazing to me how well he handled the situation, how he gave the platform to people from all different spectrums. And this is something that he's always been doing. You know, he's he likes to talk to people. And it reminds me also of people like Joe Rogan, like, you know, people who just like to talk to people. It doesn't matter. And I know people like Joe Rogan has have taken a lot of flack for some of their guests. And Joey Ingram is no different, you know. Uh, but they're, these are the type of people who are incredibly curious. And they they let other people come, they take a, say their piece. And he does his best of his abilities. And I actually, I would commend him on that. He's trying to protect his guests to the best of his abilities from the the craziness that is internet chat. Sometimes he turns it off, you know, and he tries to let them speak. And I think that's very important. Letting, I can't stress out how important it is for uh, speech to come out. And I know I sound like a broken record with free speech, free speech, First Amendment, First Amendment. You can, you know, make a meme of it, make fun of me. I don't care. But the fact is that when bad ideas and good ideas uh, compete, it's easier to discern what are the bad ideas. So, and I think Joey does that organically. He lets all these ideas, good and bad alike, to be exp- expressed, and then people can make their own conclusions. And often, I think that right. people tend to make good conclusions. Right. And I, I think that's a great way to go about it. You know, I think that going coming at it from the the paradigm of like you're convinced in one way or the other, then things just kind of go off the rails over time because again, that that's kind of what flat earthers are doing. They're convinced. They're convinced from the jump about the premise. And then once they're convinced, then everything is just about proving proving the premise right. Right. Um so yeah, like Joey just did a f- phenomenal job. And I mean, again, this is very difficult. You know, the, the Solve for Y crew comes to mind. Um and then Doug Polk is probably the three biggest or loudest voices in this whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I would say that Joey, in my opinion, did the best, um, that it appeared as if, and I don't know where Solve for Y stands now, but it certainly appeared as if, you know, both Solve for Y and Doug Polk came from the perspective or were starting from the paradigm that like, she's guilty, period. And then figuring out like how to figure out exactly where she is. Um, and I, I do think that like, 
I mean, I don't even know where they stand now, to be honest. They could have completely flipped. I know that, like, uh, as the Solve for Y guys specifically were learning more and more, it certainly appeared for a time that they had they were flip-flopping their opinion on the matter, which I think is quite important. Um, but I have no idea where everybody is at now because it's just it's too crazy for me, and I, I just stopped. I, I honestly think it's irrelevant, uh, to, to be honest, and, and it, it, it's irrelevant. Maybe it's not irrelevant in the sense that, you know, uh, uh, what's the impact of, of their conclusion, but their conclusion, I think, is irrelevant. What, like, this is subtle what I'm saying, uh, and I don't know if I can express it correctly. Uh, their conclusion uh, the, at face value is irrelevant. The fact that they're actually making a conclusion is not irrelevant at all. It's going to impact people. But I don't think, and I, and, I, and I talked about this last week, I think people with platform should, should uh, uh, the same thing with from journalists, you don't expect journalists to actually go and make conclusions, right? And I think in a situation like this, we but need- But it's so hard to not make a conclusion because that's what the people want. They want conclusions. They that's want right. Know. But I mean, you're not a journalist anymore, right? I mean, you're, you're somebody else. You're like, sure. you know, and, 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 and I think hey, what we- uh, by the way, I want to say something Please. important here is that my perspective, I, I came out this whole thing from the perspective that she was most likely innocent too, right? So like even like my opinion on this situation was biased as well, which leads like confirmation for me, like confirmation bias and trying to prove why I believe what I believe. Um, and, and like even like that is not objective. That's that's sure. subjective too. So like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, anybody to think that I'm like throwing somebody under the bus because like no, I, no, no, I, fall, I fall in the exact same camp of, um, you know, subjectivity and how you look at a situation and then how you think about it. We all have opinions and, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's more about a question of whether, you know, that specific type of opinion, the conclusive one, right. Whether or not that uh, opinion is of value uh, to the community definitely has impact to the community about whether or not I don't is. think it has value to anybody. I mean, I, I would agree. Yeah, I like would agree I, with that. I, I think everybody's going to come to their own conclusion, and so like I don't necessarily think that it has value unless, unless of course there's a smoking gun, right? Like in yeah. which case, then it would have lots of value because, and then people's they nobody would have to convince anybody with a smoking gun. Everybody could just come to their own conclusion based on the evidence. Exactly, and and then again, that's what a smoking gun would be something that a. Um, a, a journalist would report, right? I mean, this is the type of 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 of, sure. of, of a journalist of, of sorts. Yeah, excellent. Any any other thoughts on your nah. mind? I think we covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, we we did. It's a great conversation. Um, as Where always, people can find us all the places. You know, all the places. <laughs> you know, all the places. People, Chase- come on! How many times do we have to tell you? Yeah. The so subscribe to <laughs> Chasing Poker Greatness on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you love consuming your content. Uh, Why Alex Beats Bobby on YouTube, at CBG Podcast on Twitter, and greatnessvillage.com if you want to join the community and have thoughts, uh, questions, feedback, disagreements as to anything that was said based on any of the Philosophical Friday episodes. And let me give a huge shout out to to the village. I mean, some of the things that people uh, are sharing the community are just amazing. Like huge shout out, you know, like the personal experiences, things that you know, you guys are, are an inspiration. I just want to say that you know publicly, it's it's a beautiful thing, and you make you know our job so much you know so much easier. You know, and it's just amazing. Just 
come there not, and not a lot of bad faith disagreements. Absolutely. In the Absolutely. Which, yeah. And and now you know why I would sit there and I would write <laughs> three thousand words. You know, when somebody's in good faith, you know, I'm more than happy to do that all day long. And then it can flame me all, all day, all day. Like I know it's coming from a good place. So Absolutely. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.